0: Welcome back to Be The Good With Kate, the show that inspires each of us to see how we have the power to make a difference all around us. Each episode highlights an individual doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I get so excited about sharing each and every episode of Be The Good With You, and I hope you enjoy these people and stories. If you're new here, welcome. And if you are returning, thank you so much for your support. I'm so glad you found Be The Good With Kate and would love to hear from you. If you're finding value in these episodes, I invite you to share with someone who could also use this dose of good news or tag me on social with your favorite quote from the episode. Every share, subscriber, review, and comment helps me to share these guests' wonderful work to more people. Thank you for your help in this. Now, on to this week's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world.
1: Today on Be The Good with Kate, I am so happy to introduce you to Doug Knoll. Doug is a lawyer turned peacemaker. He's co-founder of the Prison of Peace Project, training lifers and long termers to be peacemakers and mediators to stop prison violence. He is the author of four books, adjunct professor of dispute resolution, teacher, trainer and visionary. Doug, thanks so much for being here today.
2: Kate, I'm really pleased to be here. Looking forward to our conversation
1: thank you and we learned we are on opposite coasts right now but temperature is not too different out there in california based on this crazy winter you've had
2: well it's been wet uh we've got there's 50 feet of snow in the mountains above us right now and uh another big storm coming Today is the first clear day we've had in a month and, which yeah. is very unusual i'm actually making solar power today we're solar. i've got solar here and so we're, we're going to Enjoy the sunny weather for today and tomorrow, and then back into it on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: boy, oh boy, never-ending winter. Well, this is now May when the podcast is being released, so hopefully it is much sunnier and warmer by the time everyone's listening to this. We'll probably Uh, still be skiing. (laughs) You'll probably still be skiing in May, wow. (laughs) Yep, definitely not the kind of California I know from my visits to LA and the warmer areas. Well, Doug, please tell everybody a bit more about who you are and what you do in your own words.
2: So I am a lawyer turned peacemaker. I uh, went to Dartmouth. I grew up in Southern California, uh, had a lot of disabilities that I managed to overcome, but had a, was gifted with a good mind and ended up going to Dartmouth College up in New Hampshire. And then after four years of New England, I said, that's good enough and came <laughs> home and took a year off. I taught skiing for a year and then uh, went to law school and did well in law school, clerked for a judge after law school, then went into private practice and immediately became a civil trial lawyer. I joined the the firm that I was with for 22 years. I joined it in September of 1978 and tried my first civil, job, civil uh, trial in October of 1978. I mean, two, like um, six weeks after I joined the firm, it was trial by Join me in the deep end of the pool. and My second trial started in December, and that was the, the the defense of a $36 million securities fraud case in the Southern District of California, San Diego. For seven months, I commuted to San Diego and tried that case. So that's how it started. And to make a very long story short, I tried cases for 22 years, and then in my late 40s, uh, made the decision that being a trial lawyer was not of, being of service to others. And I ended up going back to school and earning my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies and left uh, $10 million on the table and walked away from a very successful trial practice to become a peacemaker. And that's what I've been doing ever since.
1: Wow. There's so much to highlight right there in of itself already, mentioning late 40s. You said, I'm stopping this. I'm going back to school. It's just such a great reminder that there's no time stamp on schooling, on changing careers, on anything. It's, we find our passions at any time and they can change at any time and we need to follow them. I love hearing that. Right. What was that like for you to digest that of, I, was it a very clear picture of, no, this has to stop. I need to make this change. Or did you have a lot of back and forth of saying I have this successful career, what am I doing?
2: It was an evolution. The, the, the way the evolution began was in the mid 80s. I took up the martial arts and I was awarded my second degree black belt in a Northern Chinese animal style Kung Fu in, um, when I turned 40, right around my 40th birthday. And then my teacher told me to start studying Tai Chi. Well, Tai Chi has two really interesting paradoxes. The first is the softer you are, the stronger you are and the second paradox is the more vulnerable you are the more powerful you are soft to be strong vulnerably be powerful and it turns out to be true tai chi is an extremely vicious i studied as a martial art and it's extremely vicious um however it only works if you're soft and vulnerable the moment you try to get strong or tough or tighten up you lose and in tai chi we learn how to use the energy of our opponents against them so eventually this seeped into my soul until one day in the mid nineties, I was in a trial cross-examining somebody and the thought came to me, what the heck am I doing in here? Mm. And after that trial, I had a river trip planned with a bunch of friends. We ran up, went up to Idaho and ran the main salmon for 10 days. And so I spent the time on my raft all by myself thinking about how many people I'd really served and con- concluded that I only served really f- over 22 years, five people. And That now I'm not going to do this anymore. I had no idea what I was going to do, but when I came back to town and drove out of the mountains down to my office, uh, I heard a public service announcement on our local public radio station for a new master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies, and that's how I found out about it. And that intrigued me, and I looked at looked into it and decided this is something worth doing, and it changed my life completely. So during the time I was three years in school and I was a three-quarters time law professor and a full-time trial lawyer, I was having discussions with my partners about what I was learning and what my vision was. And they didn't like that at all. I was the second biggest earner in the firm. You know, the idea of the the golden goose saying I'm not laying any more eggs was not too exciting for them. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately they gave me an ultimatum and I said, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, you know better than to threaten me. I quit and I walked out with one week's notice. And it was the best decision I ever made.
1: Oh, my gosh. One of the just, I guess, coolest parts, let's say, of getting to interview so many people for this show has been hearing these kind of aha moments. Or for some people, it's an aha decade or anything in between of when they realized okay, this is where I'm actually supposed to be in life. And it's so fascinating to hear and to hear how Tai Chi played a role in yours and a rafting trip where you've got time to really think, just incredible, incredible. And then Doug, take me now from, you've gotten this new degree to prison of peace. How did we get from A to B there?
2: Good, good. (laughs) It's a great story. (laughs) So I became a mediator and an arbitrator and a peacemaker. And was called, been started getting called into these very serious conflicts where there was a lot of money at stake. Family business conflicts, primarily, okay. very large ultra wealthy families, huge conflicts. Could be generational conflict, sibling conflict, you name it. I've seen it. And they had a lot of money at stake, and they couldn't afford to litigate because lawsuit would destroy their wealth. My biggest challenge was I didn't have a way to calm people down. Um, that old act of listening stuff didn't work, and nonviolent communication didn't work, and none of this stuff worked. I had been studying neuroscience for a long time. And Mm. so I was really up on the neuroscience of emotions. And one day I was in a particularly difficult conflict. And the thought came to me listen to the emotions. And I did that. I had the people, I started listening to the emotions, reflecting emotions. I had the parties reflect to each other's emotions. And like the anger dissipated in seconds, it was shocking. And I knew what I'd done, but I didn't know why it worked. And then two years later, a brain scanning study came out of Matthew Lieberman's lab at UCLA that showing why this technique that's called apic labeling worked. So I began to perfect it and teach it uh, to lawyers and mediators and judges all over the country and other ADR people. Um, And and so I got quite well known for this sort of work. And then, so now we're going to fast forward a couple more years. In 2009, I get a call from my dear friend and colleague, Laurel Coffer, who is a mediator and adjunct professor at Pepperdine like me. Um, And she says, you got a moment? I said, yeah. So she reads me this letter from this woman who was serving a life sentence without possibility of parole in the largest, most violent women's prison in the world. And she was basically asking Laurel if Laurel would be willing to come into the prison and teach uh, a, a, a group of women called the networking group. They were all lifers and long-termers, how to be peacemakers and mediators so they could stop the violence because they were tired of it. And Laurel read the letter to me and said, what do you think? Because she knew, one, we knew each other really well, but she also knew how security Black belt. that gave her some sense of security going to a prison, right? And the prison happened to be about an hour from where I live. Lots well, of reasons why she called me. I thought about it for about a nanosecond. I said, you know, if this is the real deal, Laurel, I think we should do it. And that's how it started. It took six months to get permission to start we started in April of 2010 with 15 women, of all as just as diverse a group of women as you could possibly imagine. And basically, we designed a curriculum from the bottom up, assuming that our students knew nothing about anything. And in those days, it was 16 weeks. Now it takes a year. We've spread it out, stretched it out. But we take them from ground zero to being certified mediators, where they can they can walk into any conflict and get it resolved without violence. So we started with 15 women, and then the next cohort was 35 women. And the next cohort was 35 women, and then we we had a sustainability model where we would train train trainers. We would train our incarcerated students, bring them up to a level where they could actually teach their their peers, their community, how to do this. And when we left three years later because the prison was being repurposed to a men's prison, we'd actually gotten an unsolicited letter from the warden saying that as a result of our work, the prison was very quiet and could no longer be considered a violent prison. Wow. So today, wow. here we are, 12 years later, 13 years later, we're in 15 California prisons, a prison in Connecticut, 15 prisons in Greece, a uh, prison mm-hmm. in Italy, we got startups in Nairobi, Denmark, and inquiries from all over the world. and. It's crazy. <laughs> wow.
1: How, how do you keep up with that growing demand? Is it just you? You've trained enough people now to take it to other prisons.
2: That and during the pandemic, of course, we were everything shut down. So
1: mm.
2: prisons were locked down, and there was no program programming going on. So we we took uh, we had a million dollar we have a, we we spent a million dollars that we had raised, and we hired a Hollywood film crew, and filmed our entire curriculum. And we used, along with Laurel and myself, we used people that we had trained in prison as trainers who had been released out of prison, our best trainers to come in and also be, be the trainers in the video. So you'll not only see Laurel and myself, you'll see some of our very top people that we trained while they were in prison who have now been released living amazing lives, oh teaching the material. Uh, wow. we had the, the the crew. The crew was just blown away. They could the, the film crew could has. They said we've never had an experience like this before. I bet. And I so bet. Now it's all done, and so now what we do is we have it, and we're just finishing up the manuals. It's taken us uh-huh. a year just to write the manuals, but right. we can offer up Prisoner of peace to any institution or reentry program or domestic violence shelter in the world, any language. Um, we'll train people how to facilitate it. They don't have to teach it. All they have to know it is how to facilitate the materials about 40 hours worth of lessons that should be spread out over 6 to 8 months or 12 months of time and we expect it to go worldwide later this year i mean really big time
1: and this is now in women's and men's prisons
2: yes yeah we started in we started in the women's prison it repurposed to a men's prison we started prison peace there we didn't know whether we could teach it to men or not turned out we could and then across the street there was another women's prison we went out and started it there so we and and then it just spread through we began to get grants from the department of corrections and rehabilitation and and we in here's another number that's really startling we've had about six thousand of our students released on parole in california not one of them is reoffended
1: that's huge not one. wow i mean that statement right there must get you grants each year
2: <laughs> just... Well, the department, the department knows who we are and they like us
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent
2: And we're, you know, we're, we still, we continue to deliver, deliver programming. Uh, And now that we've got the video programming, we can deliver Mm -hmm. it at a lot less cost, which everybody's happy about. And so we're, this will be the first year, full year, where we've actually trained people off the video. Okay. You know, we're working, we've got a, a very active group down at the uh, California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo County, and they're they're just eating it up. And our staff wow. sponsors down there that we've worked with for years in in-person training, it just brings tears to their eyes to watch what's going on. They said, what you guys have done is just amazing. Wow. So, wow.
1: so going along with that, I love to hear about those good news moments of individual interactions. Are there... Any people that have gone through the program that you've gotten to hear from after the fact that have told you about how it's changed their lives? Oh yeah,
2: I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, here where I live, we we have a couple of couple of men who I trained in prison, and they've been released, and I stay in touch with them. Uh, one of them actually works for Prison of Peace, so we 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 collaborate quite frequently. Uh, he's actually going back to school and getting his master's degree in I uh, I don't I think it's Conflict studies, negotiation, and peacemaking, or something at Cal State Northridge, they, or no, Cal State Dominguez Hills. It's, they've got a peacemaking program, so he's getting his master's degree there, and he's working. Uh, he works for us, and I have lunch with him at least once a month. Um, so I don't stay in close contact with a lot of people that are out, but they, but we all see each other on social media, and, you know, um, and they're all doing well. So it's it's very satisfying to see how these people. We're in prison, many of them for decades and have come out and have not only had fulfilling lives, but are serving others. Wow. In so many different ways.
1: Um, so, Doug, what during the hard times of, you know, trying to figure out what to do next with creating Prison of Peace or maybe even still today when challenges come up, are there any mantras or quotes that you find that really help you through? I don't know if there
2: are any mantras or quotes. It's really mindset. Yeah. Um, first of all i have a passion for serving humanity so as long as i'm every day i'm serving somebody helping somebody get better helping make the world a better place even the smallest ways that's really what keeps me going Um, and i am really driven to teach people this this de-escalation skill it's it's more than de-escalation it's a it's a it's a foundational skill of life on how to transform your relationships, any relationship, business, personal, friendship, doesn't matter. How to transform that relationship to create intimacy and loyalty and trust instantly and have people feel like they have been deeply, deeply heard and validated by you, simply by the way you listen to them. And it's the most powerful skill I've ever seen. It's our foundational skill in Prison of Peace. And I am spending my time now uh, teaching people how to do this because it completely transforms lives
1: what's been the most surprising aspect of this whole career ever since you you'd finished that next degree and started everything since
2: how happy i am that's really what's most surprising i have a blessed life i'm married to a beautiful woman who's quite successful in her own right and um. Uh, I just feel every I wake up every day happy. I wake up, I get 10 hours of sleep, I wake up and I'm ready to go. And I just have a I have a perfect life. That's what's so surprising to me. If you told me 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago about this, I would have I was still in the throes of lawyering and uh, maybe not let's say 2020 20, let's say 25 years ago 25 years ago i was still lawyering and trying cases and i had the outward trappings of a successful life right happy i had a big house and drove a big fancy car and very prestigious job and well respected and made, made a lot of money um not in a happy marriage at that time not a ha- not really very happy today i live in a beautiful small home on 10 acres i drive a 10-year-old outback subaru <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love it. I'm making nearly the money that I made twenty five years ago, but I'm happy. You're happy really
1: happy. Such a perfect answer. I love it. Doug, I have one more question for you. And if you have had someone, maybe you have, or if you do have someone come up to you and say, "I want to make a difference. I've seen what you're doing. I, I want to make a difference somehow, but I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. Is there any advice you'd give that person?
2: Yeah, I, I have a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you don't have to be a Mother Teresa to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't start off as a big deal either, really. <laughs> okay. so, so, just find a, find something that you're really passionate about. What I tell people is, if you can learn, let me teach you how to listen. You and let me teach you how to listen other people into existence. Mm-hmm. When you can learn how to listen another person into existence, then every single time you you're with somebody you're making a huge difference because you're validating who they are as a human being. And that is, that is a precious gift that's priceless to give and costless to give, cost you nothing to give it. And every time you do that, you throw a little pebble in the pond of peace. And that's something that everybody can do. You don't need to have some big grandiose scheme for serving humanity. All you need to learn how to do is listen people into existence so that every time you interact with someone that they come away feeling like wow you really get me you really understand me and that's what i tell people to do and then from there be open you know be open to the universe the universe works in wise and mysterious ways Mm -hmm. and you know the the path can be a little crooked and windy and uncertain at times but if you just trust in yourself and and trust that the right things will happen and you'll draw the right opportunities to you. You'll do well.
1: Absolutely phenomenal. Doug, there are so many gems throughout this whole conversation. I'm just still blown away by the, your whole journey, how you got from where you started after college to where you are today and everything you've accomplished in between and are still doing and still growing your show notes. We'll have where to find you online, where to find prison of peace and all of that information. If people want to follow you and reach out. And I just cannot thank you enough for your time and for being here today.
2: Well, you're welcome. This was a great conversation, Kate.
1: Thanks, Doug. And I hope you now go outside and enjoy that little bit of sunlight you're getting.
2: I have a few more, few more things i got to do today, but then I'm going to take my dog on a nice 45 minute walk.
1: Good, 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 good. Get outside. Well, thanks again. Much appreciated. I can't wait to share this.
0: After two years of this wonderful labor of love, I will need to add in some sponsors to help the show grow and help these guests' incredible stories get out there to inspire more people. So I wanted to give you the heads up. And if you know a business of any size who'd be interested in collaborating and aligns with our mission here, feel free to send them my way. Many thanks. In taking classes over the years or observing workout videos, one major piece that is often missing, stressing safety and form. Additionally, group fitness classes are often marketed as being open to all levels, yet how often do instructors not give modifications nor progressions so that each participant truly can get what he or she needs out of the class? So that's why I created the 101 series, which take things back to basics with three separate courses, Bar 101, Pilates 101, and Hit 101, focusing on safety and efficiency so you can maximize maximize your workouts. Be confident when you step into a group fitness class or workout on your own. Be strong in your execution of the most common exercises. And be proud of yourself for taking these huge steps forward on your health journey. Check it out at BeByKate.com. The link is in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.